Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Welcome to Development Hell. For every horror movie that hits VOD, countless others end up DOA. Development Hell is the podcast dedicated to unearthing these cursed horror productions. We're going to find out what went wrong and then decide if these titles still stand a shot at the green light. I am your host, Josh Korngut. I am the managing editor of Dread Central. I am also a filmmaker in Toronto, Canada. This podcast is a proud member of the Dread Podcast Network. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Development Hell. We are doing our second ever review episode. You loved the first one where we were... I'm going to say pretty nice about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, All Things Considered. Uh, Today we're talking about another Splatterfest. We're going to be digging into Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. So this movie's in theaters right now. For that reason, we're going to do a mostly spoiler-free review. Nothing big will be revealed, but if you haven't seen it and you don't want anything given away, go watch it and then come check back in. So... Returning today is Jules Bruin. Jules, how's it going? Hi, I'm so glad to be back. It's going well. It's getting cold here in Canada, but it's good. Yeah, very burr outside. Jules, um, we're very grateful to have you here. Can you just remind the Development Hell audience a little bit about who you are? I'm a therapist located here in Toronto, Canada. Been longtime best friends with Josh for a long, I said long time too many times, but yes. Uh, um, I focus on trauma, substance use, and mental health. Um, and I'm sort of forced into the horror world uh, via Josh. So I've watched a lot of horror movies kind of against my will. But you love it. I've learned to love them, yes. You've I will say. learned to love I will it. Say. You've been on a record number of Development Hell episodes. Yes. Um, I always like to try to remember offhand with my guests what they've been on. So here's what I'm going to do with you. We had, we definitely did 
uh, Reanimator or House of Reanimator. That definitely happened. Yeah, we definitely did the Crooked Man. Yeah, we definitely did Jaws Three People Zero. That was weird. That was weird. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, we did. I think that's it. Two episodes of the miniseries of Jeepers Creepers Unseen. Yep, and I did one Halloween episode. And you did. Oh yes, you did a Halloween episode. We did Halloween Six. Yes. Recently. And don't forget about Winnie the Pooh. Blood, Blood and Honey. honey. The, the movie that Josh built. It's true. I, <laughs> I have a feeling most people on this, in this audience by now know about the fact that I invented Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. And honestly, I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'm really, it's not a good legacy. It's not bad, though. I mean, I'd watch it again. It is bad, and I yeah, would watch it's not it again. Great. It's not great, but I'd watch it again. It's like one of those movies that's like the fourth page, no, like eighth page of yes. like horror on Tubi yeah. that somehow people know about it. And it will and somehow I, is me, but. And I feel like you click it because you're like, what? And then and then you end up watching <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you're like, the, you thought the algorithm just like maybe made up a thumbnail, but yeah. no, it's real. Yeah, 100%. Well, Jules, you're back. Again, Shady's back. And today we're talking about Thanksgiving. Would yeah. it be okay? Yeah. Yum, 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 yum. Would it be okay if I gave a little bit of a seminar on this movie? Do it. Let's All hear right. it. Oh my <laughs> god. So in the film, after a Black Friday riot ends in tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer known as John Carver terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, the birthplace of this infamous holiday. Uh, people that know and people that don't know are about to know that John Carver was really one of the pilgrims who braved the Mayflower voyage in 1620 and resulted in the Plymouth colony here in America. I think some people do uh, associate him with American Thanksgiving, and mm -hmm. I don't have too much to say about that. So, Thanksgiving itself, a 2023 slasher movie directed by Eli Roth and written by Jeff Rendell. Uh, it has a horror lineage dating back to when it was a fake trailer included in the Grindhouse film. People will remember Grindhouse from 2007, I believe, where Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino got together to release sort of this double bill Grindhouse, like gritty horror movie throwback energy. There was a bunch of different trailers split in between them, including Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. And a few of the other trailers have made it into feature film format. We have Machete, none other than Robert Rodriguez. We also had Hobo with a Shotgun, which I believe is Jason Eisner. And now for the third one, we've got Thanksgiving by Mr. Eli Roth. So this feature film stars Patrick Dempsey, Addison Ray, Milo Mannheim, Jalen Thomas Brooks, Nell Verlacki, Rick Hoffman, and Gina Gershon. Whew, that was a lot. Um, are you still with me, Jules? I'm here. So what did you know about Eli Roth going into this movie? So I hate to be this guy, uh -oh. but I'm not really an Eli Roth girly. Okay. Um, I don't like torture films. That's just, it's just not my bag. I don't find them fun in the way I find other horror movies. So I like the Hostel series. I just, it's just not for me. I, I don't appreciate it. The one thing I will say about Eli Roth, I really like that he's kind of a fan along with other horror folks. So, you know, I watched his, the documentary that he made. God, what's that called again? History of Horror. 
history of horror. Thank you. I actually really enjoyed that. So I like that about him, but he does come across a bit like a white cis douche horror boy mm-hmm. um so i can't say i'm like the huge so so i was excited for this movie and then you told me it was eli roth and i was like "Ooh, my excitement's gone away a little bit yeah <laughs> well that makes sense listen I, he does get the rap of someone who's sort of spearheaded and invented the modern torture yeah. porn trope but he's only made two technically two torture porn movies other than that we have cabin fever which is gross but i wouldn't call it torture porn Ooh. and i'm sorry a bona fide classic i think at this point say what you will it is disgusting and it's hard for the squeamish but it's i consider it to be a classic um and what else male gaze it's like the most male gaze a torturing gory pick could be there is some problematic sexual stuff in that film I (laughs) i will say um what else has he done he did a kids movie called the clocks in the walls Mm. um he did death wish you know he, he he had a real splash in like the early 2000s and kind of hasn't really done a whole lot of noteworthy stuff since. Oh yeah, we had the Green Inferno, which was not received too well. And he's done sort of like a bunch of stuff on and off since then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was talking to my peers at Dread Central and even just people I know outside of work, you know, about my excitement for Thanksgiving, a lot of the pushback I got was, ooh, you know, we don't support Eli Roth. And I thought, mm. oh, okay. Like, what did he do? Because um, I can only assume under that kind of, uh, yeah, that something probably had happened. So today, getting ready for this review, I sort of did some digging into, you know, what are the controversies? What are the allegations against Eli Roth? And honestly, I have not really found much. Now, the biggest thing that I did know ahead of time was that he was involved in a very scandalous video that was depicting Lana Del Rey being raped and i think this was mm, like 10 years ago or something like that and i believe i'm not 100 certain that it was like to the background of possible marilyn manson music nobody knows exactly what this project was supposed to be this footage got leaked and in the footage um eli roth is actually the one i believe like perpetrating the fake rape on lena del rey and it looks very like music video-esque if you ever find it wow no one knows what it is if it was supposed to be for anything if it was just like a screen test there are rumors but nobody really knows marilyn manson who is a famed assaulter yeah and should be in jail if he's not already total predator yeah denied it being any kind of marilyn manson product um so we just don't really know what that was and that is what i would say is probably the most controversial thing eli roth has ever been involved with um was i know there Ray a part of that like was she she was in the video she was actually in it okay yeah yeah, yeah. Like... it was like it's her Oof, okay. um early in her career and i don't know what she said on the matter or not either like and i don't know like let's say hypothetically best case scenario it's like an actual film where like like it's not i don't know where like maybe the, like, there was context that made sense and worst case scenario it was like a edgelord music video i don't Passing know couch disgusting predatory weirdness thing. Yeah. but yeah. it was like so it's kind of that's kind of hard to explain not great but other than that i haven't really been able to find cancelable reasons to not be into eli roth other than the fact that he does seem like a bit of a yeah. douchebag which is not a crime in my opinion 
I agree, though. I do think I trust my gut. And I've had this with other male celebrities where I've been like, and Johnny Depp is my my big one that I use. I felt this way about Johnny Depp from the get. I was like, he's a very good actor, but I don't like him. I can't tell you why. And then all this shit came out that he was, a you know, abusing women. I absolutely believe Amber Heard. Don't come for me. She is a victim in all this. Um, so, you know, and there's other people too that I I feel this way about that I that then maybe hasn't nothing's happened but like Seth MacFarlane for instance he just comes across douchey and kind of predatory but I I love Family Guy listen of course he's (laughs) handsome Eli Roth is very handsome I don't know there are some there are some men though that like give off a vibe and I don't (laughs) think you're right it's not fair for us to then say let's I don't think a vibe is necessarily worth I agree. I, listen, I, agree. I think what we should be trusting our impulses. Anyways, do I think you should take like a car with him alone? Yes, because no. I need that contact information. But um, listen, if he came and was like, "Do you want to have a drink?" I'd be like, "Yes, tell me everything." I wouldn't be like, "No, you're a piece of shit," which I would do to like you know Marilyn Manson. Yeah, that would be the one person. Um. So yeah, that's being said, if there's you know stuff that PR people have buried that I just don't know about. Yeah. Let me know because I'm I'm interested. But if he's just kind of like douchey, then I will choose to support him moving forward because mm-hmm. well you'll find out, I guess, a little further in this episode. Um so general thoughts on his other movies before we really get into Thanksgiving. I think Cabin Fever is a classic. There are some moments in it, like a moment where like a a sleeping or unconscious person, I believe, gets sort of fingered. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Um, and I think that there is some really unnecessary uses of the N-word. But I, other than that, it's like classic. And I think it's like definitely one for the history books. Uh, it makes the idea of I can never get that like leg shaving scene out of my head. It like really fucked me up. You do talk about that scene often. Yeah, it's it, very talk yeah. worthy. Yeah, for sure. No, no, it just, yeah. And then the hostile movies, I mean, say what you will, they have a certain place in horror history zeitgeist. They do. Um, you know just what? not mine, but they are, they absolutely, I can't deny that. There is an other leg scene in Hostel 2 <laughs> that I literally have, I, I can't, like I literally, it lives in my mind and I can't get rid of it. Oof. And there's a scene, and tell me if you, have you seen Hostel 2? Nope. I don't, not. don't. Not gonna. Um, there's just a scene where, like, I believe if I'm remembering it right, the camera is just sort of panning by all the different torture rooms, and you just get, like, a glimpse. Yeah, so there's a scene where, like, we're passing by all the different, like, different rooms of people getting hostile, <laughs> and uh, one of them is just this, like, young man who's strapped to a gurney or a bed, and he can't move, and he's screaming and crying, and there's this old, like, German man playing classical music, with like a fork and knife, just eating oh. him slowly but surely, like from the toe up. Oh God! <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I'm never going to be the same after uh, that." Yeah, Sick no, son of a bitch. No, no, thank you. I don't want to watch it. I mean, listen, people love the torture shit. I just, I can't. It's not for me. It's not for me. But there's something about it that's so grisly and old school that I really right. can appreciate it. Especially when it's not going too hard, like in the case of Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, anything else from the history of Mr. Eli Roth that I think is noteworthy? No. 
I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. Would it be okay with you, Juliana Brew, and if we talk about some of these characters and the actors that portray them? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so I want to start with this group, this main group of teens that this movie stars. So we've got our final girl, Jessica, played mm-hmm. by Nell Verlaki. Um, very uh, quintessential '90s final girl. Yeah. What What's your takeaway from from Nell's portrayal of Jessica? <laughs> Um, she had good moments. I gotta say, I, I really think the teen cast wasn't great. Um, across the board, I don't think the acting was amazing. She was probably one of the best ones of the of the bunch, but uh, they weren't great. They weren't amazing. Like, I'm not excited to see her next movie. You know. Uh- well, that's fair, 100%, because some of them were really rough. Like, Addison Rae will get into her Oof. horrible. Oof. Though, like, I'm I not feel bad at how friend. much. Yeah, it um, was, yeah. She was terrible, but I'm sure she helped sell the tickets. Of course. And I, I personally really liked uh, okay. Jessica. I, You know, it's really tough writing and portraying. Yeah. a final girl because she's a conduit for everyone mm-hmm. historically speaking our final girls are not the most interesting like nev campbell as sydney love her love the movie not the most colorful of characters mm-hmm. in that julie james played by jennifer love hewitt what a snooze yeah you're right and i i actually do think that jessica gives me julie james kind of i agree i agree so gives me yes like, and, and i do think that there is that's on purpose that that is masterminded by Eli Roth and probably this actor where mm-hmm. they're really going for something specific and they accomplish that in like a really polished and purposeful way. And of course that's not going to create, you know, Citizen Kane, but that <laughs> is going to recreate. I know what you did last summer. You're right. And I think maybe this was polished by Eli Roth but sometimes I wondered about the decision making in the acting a bit of like, does she know the references she's giving? Does she know like, but maybe maybe you're totally right. Maybe I don't think she should necessarily know. I think it's Eli Roth that needs to know. You're right. You're right. Um, and there's just moments in this movie where you see this ensemble, you know, standing shoulder to shoulder outside of a high school or next to each other in a car. And it was just like kind of a beautiful gut punch. Cause it just was like, Whoa, this is, what it was like watching Scream for the first time. Like, this was what it was like seeing <laughs> the kids and I know each other last summer on the side of the road, like, freaking out because mm-hmm. of a boot for the first time. <laughs> There's something so quintessentially archetypal and almost cartoon about yeah. each individual character that it was like, it got me by my m- middle gonads. millennial gonads. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. There was totally... Uh, 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 such um, it was so nostalgic there were so many moments there were so many moments that were like that that um, you know them at their school like there were so many moments that were like ooh this is it's giving me every feeling even her in the scenes where she is walking around and there are lockers everywhere and like that to me there was such a ooh so 90s you know it was so so 90s and like in a liminal i hate to use that word way like these moments where we're walking around this empty high school which of course would never really happen although i have plenty of of memories walking around an empty high school so 
I guess it does happen. And it just truly is evoking 90s horror. And I think there's, like, people are out here all of the time saying, oh, this movie, that movie, my movie yeah. is influenced by 90s horror. And it's never more mm-hmm. than, like, giving someone the last name Carpenter or something stupid. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, even though I liked that. But this one, it just really felt intricate. Like, it really felt like every decision, every movement was made to sort of recreate yeah. and reestablish that that 90s horror slasher feel. Totally. When I was watching it with you, we watched it together in the theaters and we left and I sort of was like, oh, it was kind of cheesy and all this stuff. And you were sort of like, but it was it was 90s. And as I've been thinking on it, I also watched this really neat interview with um, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. where he talks about the Star Wars franchise. And he says, like, these older adults are angry because the franchises aren't growing up with you. These movies were made for kids. Like, of course they're cheesy. Of course they're silly. And that's, and that really got me with this movie. It's like, yes, there were cheesy moments. Yes, there were, But because when we watched Scream and we watched I Know You Did the Summer, we were kids. So it was scary. So, of course, with our adult minds, it's going to be kind of cheesy and corny. But that's actually really evoking the realness that was those original movies. Totally. I agree with that 100%. So, you know, in thinking about that, like these moments that I kind of rolled my eyes at or I kind of was like, oh, I don't know if the acting's so great. You're right when you bring up like Jennifer Love Hewitt. Was she, you know, what are you waiting for? Was this like a beautiful scene? No, we're laughing at it, right? But it was still, we were still, we were in it because we were kids. And I I think you're right. I'm being a little harsh on these, uh, on what's the lead actress's name? Uh, Nell Verlaki. Nell Verlaki. She does I not have it. a Wikipedia page. <laughs> she's gonna get one. She'll get one. She's, she's gonna get one for sure. But she's if they make a sequel, I'm not I'm gonna, I don't know who's gonna be in it. Um, this is a spoiler-free right. podcast. <laughs> is it? Uh, oh God. <laughs> vaguely, vaguely. Um, yeah. So that's how I kind of have feel about the young ensemble. Okay, Addison Ray. Oh, who's like I would say the biggest name that this movie got, and probably the reason it was funded. Horrible, horrible acting. Like the the worst of the bunch by a long shot. Truly, I feel bad for saying how bad she was because I don't think she knew where she was. She was like, Like, Where am I? Is it like not because I think she's stupid, just because I I didn't understand. Like, from the minute you see her, the way she speaks, you're like, Oh, you don't know you're on film, honey. Like, you don't know what's happening. But what I will say is, there was moments where I was looking at her and I was like, I went to high school with you. Like, oh yeah, she is like every pretty girl that you went to high school yeah, with. Yeah, and like not pretty. And 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 you, I don't. People realize like we don't mean that in the in the vapid like. No, these are not people. Sense like no. we know these people. Yeah, and this is what they felt like. Like, and they were stupid, yeah. and they were humans, yes. and they had hard lives. Name names. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think we're all thinking of the same person. Yeah, of course we are. It runs um, with play. Don't name names. <laughs> um, um, but I, so, okay, so what I will say is that, yeah, her delivery was terrible, but I could hear someone that I went to high school talking and sounding mm-hmm. exactly like that. Me too. I will say the only ones that I didn't feel that way, the men, the, the boys, the sort of like jocks wearing their, their you know, jackets were to me the most 90s of it all. I like um, that. I, I loved it too, but they weren't like people I knew. They were like well, we didn't know those quintessential, people. but I meant they were the quintessential movie guys, you know, For sure. very like, even like, you know, um, 
God, the other Fred Jr. movie. She's all that. Like it gave you very, she's all that. Like make the, you know, that kind of like, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I, and I love that we're in this day and age where we're, we're like subverting the bro trope. Yeah. Where like he's not just like, like a date raper anymore. <laughs> like he's actually kind of funny and like quirky. And like, uh-huh. did, you, I, did you see Bottoms? No, I haven't yet. I really okay. want to. Bottoms did a perfect, bizarre riff on the on the bro where like it made them really weird and really human and like in love with each other but like not homoerotic just like just just, like weird boys and it was very funny to see that and he got that a little bit here Mm -hmm. i liked um milo Mannheim, who plays ryan and the second boyfriend yeah the boy like boy b basically um and i (laughs) am i right i thought he was hot Oh, he's so hot. So and hot. I was like, I think he looks so familiar. And I and I said yeah. this chat and nobody cared. I, I interviewed him for a show that he was on like last I, year. I did care. I put a <gasps> shock yeah, to did. Margie. You didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. You said nothing. You did. Silence um, is violence. Silence is violence. <laughs> so yeah, I interviewed Milo for um this cute teen show that he's on called School Spirits, which I actually do recommend. Mm. It's another spooky teenage moment. Um, you know what? He was great in the movie. He yeah. came across older than the rest of them because he not. had a maturity that the other. Yeah, ones he's like in on the really joke. Had. Yes, he's totally in on the joke. And I and and there were moment. There were also moments. I think uh, that's also why I'm kind of uh, about the young actors is that some of the older actors or better actors you could tell knew what was happening, and the other ones kind of didn't get the references. It felt like. I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I'm being too harsh. I don't know if any of them get the references. They're all TikTok generation, like, children. No, but, I, but I, right. I guess I feel like some of the older actors that were playing some of the older characters were, were winking with us, not being winked at. I do think, I agree with you that there is, um, yeah, there's a sliding scale of talent on display here. That's it. That's thank you. That's the nicer way to say what I'm trying um, to say. And like, I wish Gina Gershon was in more of this movie because she is. A I mean, maybe she was. Spoiler free review. I didn't say why. I just said she wasn't in a lot of it. I didn't say she's when not she was in a lot it. of this movie. She was, you know, she's a bit of a love her cameo in it. She is. She's just like a moment. She's and great. She's amazing. I like. I want to see more of her in horror. She was on a couple episodes of the Chucky season two. Yes, yes. She's friends with J. Uh, Tiffany, Jennifer Tills, Jennifer Tilly, who is everything, everything. She's also been on a bunch of episodes of Beverly Hills this season. So really, yeah, oh, I'm, like not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I feel like they might be priming her to be a cast member at some point. That's hilarious but she's too good for that but that's hilarious she is too good for that but that show's famous anyways back to reality um we've also got Jalen thomas brooks as bobby tomaso sanelli as evan and gabriel davenport as scuba you know these are you know i don't think they're really worth getting too deep it's into. fine they're, it's fine they're cute they're patoot yeah. and they're ready to get the boot but would you say any of them are like a freddie prince like are any of them breakouts to you because i wouldn't say they are i think milo is the breakout Milo, absolutely, I agree. Milo is the breakout, and he's not like he's. I agree. He's not first build. He's nope. not the number one boy. No, nope. you know he's boy two. He is literally boy two. I he's not there at the finale with her. You know, nope. Um, I mean, maybe he is, but anyways, there's something about him. He's got he's got charisma, uniqueness, mm-hmm. nerve, and talent. Talent. Yep. Yeah, he is cunt. He's 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 
<laughs> what was the name of the the nun? Um, Sister oh, Kunt. Right, Sister Kunt. <laughs> yeah, you Sister Kunt. Sister Mary Kunt. Sister, Sister Mary, Mary Kunt. Kunt. Uh, and then we've got Patrick Dempsey, the other floating head on the mm-hmm. poster. Mm-hmm. You know, he was recently announced as people's sexiest man alive, and everyone in the world took a collective, huh? Like, what? Why? And then I watched this movie, and I said, I get it. Wow. I watched this movie and I said, what? I am pregnant. Josh. I'm 32 weeks. I think you need to get your glasses checked because you are a cuckoo banono. What? I'm no, he was, I've never cared about him. What? I'm not saying he's ugly. I'm not saying he's unattractive. Oh, like, no, no, no. He's attractive. What? He, he's it, attractive. Funny. He's, of course, he's mixed steamy. But like. He looks exactly the same as he did 30 years ago. Yes, but just yes. like gray hair, which is yes. a, a look that I can you be here like for. That? I'm not saying he's ugly. I'm just saying he is not sexiest man alive. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, he's no... Who's my favorite man from what we do in the shadows? You know, whatever. Yeah, he's hot. Who? So, he's not, you know, the oh, most... the guy who plays Guillermo? Yeah, yeah. What is his name? Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he is cute. Yeah, he's cute. He's sexiest man alive. Um. Um. Okay. I don't know what their gender's pronouns truly are. Oh, I that... That's one I would want to check in on. True. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyways, whatever. Or they got. In- I don't know what happened. Never mind. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Wrong person. Wrong. He needs to be single for me. Cut it out. I'm wrong. Wrong person. I think. Yeah. So, uh, would you agree with me that that's sort of like a decent rundown on who, yes. what, and where and when? Yeah. Totally. So, something that I think we are going to spoil. I'm so sorry, everybody. Is the opening sequence because every slasher movie's got one, and somebody's got to die. You got to have a first kill. You got a first kill, a couple first kills, honestly, in this this one. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, it was uh, an interesting turn of the script, and it's something I kind of want to talk about. So, Julie, mm-hmm. why don't you tell us what's going on at the start of this film? So, the start of this film, it's like a very rich family's Thanksgiving dinner, and the you find out the dad of this family owns a basically a like a like an all purpose store, kind of like a Walmart or like a Best Buy or whatever, and. Um, he has a new hot young wife and the hot young wife is like, and the, the guy's like, she convinced me to stay open on Thanksgiving and not actually take it as a holiday. So our Black Friday sale will start early. Um, and one of the guys is like, oh, it's so annoying that I have to work tonight. But, you know, he told me I was fired if I didn't go to work. So he goes into work and the there's a crowd and the crowd is getting crazy rowdy and like they're all on blockades, but they want to get in. And of course, the, you know, the cheap, CEO businessman only hired two security guards. Anyways, cut to the 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 people storm the doors and there's a full trample, full, you know, what we think of for America Black Friday, just kind of this chaotic scene and people die from this chaos, from the capitalism that is inherent. That is the scene. And it's it's really gory. It's gross. It gave me final destination energy. It did. When you said that that was a really good reference because you were like, I'm loving this. And I was like, Ugh, this is a roll eye moment for me. But fi- thinking of it through Final Destination lens, which you know I love Final Destination, mm-hmm. um, it made me like it more. <laughs> and I I bet you money that like that was a reference that was brought up be. in the room. Like, I Had don't to be. Yeah. Um, again, we got a couple of really grisly trampling yeah. moments and it's gross and it's tragic and it sets it up real nicely for someone you know, to want to take revenge the next year. And basically that's yeah. what happens. We've got a killer 
dressed up as the town mascot, which is John Carver. Yes. And he is coming after people that were on the security footage that night, including and, our most of our main cast. And it's such a great thing of like the, the costume that the killer wears is the John Carpenter costume that everybody wears John in this town Carver. at Thanksgiving. John Carver. Oh my God. Of course, John Carpenter. <laughs> I don't look like John Carpenter, actually. Listen, um, great costume. Uh, no. no, but so, you know, it's this costume that everybody wears anyways on this day, which is so, I know what you did last summer yeah, with it, the rain suit, the slicker. Yeah. Like, Thank oh. you. Thank you. With, yeah, yeah, that was great. I really liked that sort of trope. And it also, because there was this big mass um, capitalistic murder, you know, or, or sorry, not murder, I guess, like there were a bunch of accidental deaths. But uh, because of this, it it also led to the classic good old, is it you? Is it you? Like the sort of the whodunit of who's the killer? Because it could be like anyone and all those red herrings of, you know, this person's mad and which is always fun in these movies, even though it was pretty easy to guess who did it we're not going to say who it was but um it was still fun the sort of totally fun that um, red herrings of people yeah yes and very like another thing that made it very classic 90s horror and i know what you did last summer which is like i think the biggest mm-hmm. biggest takeaway here mm-hmm. is once the killer starts to sort of get active he sends them all of like our main cast members. He like sends them a text message of like uh, a Thanksgiving table, like dinner table with all of their names as different like place points around it. Like you're invited for dinner. Yeah. And then like, you know, the dead people start to arrive for supper basically one at a time. Um Love it. So stupid. So funny. So dumb. And I love how like all these movies need to use like new tech, you know, and I know the last summer it was a letter and now it's like a text to a live stream. It was just really funny to me that I was Did like, you say I know the last summer used new tech and the new tech was a letter. No, but I just more meant, no, no, what I more, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> what I meant though was like, we didn't have this kind of tech, so they had to have uh, a yeah. letter and yeah. now it's like a text to a live stream to a video chat. You know what I mean? It just, it's just funny to me. Because I'm in texts. In, in 10 like years, that would be silly. No, I don't think we had cell phones that kind of way. And I know we did last summer, did we? We did, but I could be wrong. We definitely had pagers. <laughs> A page. I know you did. All last me. <laughs> yeah. I have a message. Uh, uh, yeah. Will Benson. Yeah. There's a moment in this film where there is a small town parade mm-hmm. where, you know, everyone is wearing the John Carver mask. And it was just so evocative of the parade yeah. sequence. And I know it did last summer where Sam Michelle Geller's on the float mm-hmm. and she's looking in the audience and all of these people are wearing slickers. Yeah. And you know, yeah. you don't know who the killer is. And it was just like, really got me right in my 1997. There were a lot of nice moments like this that, that you knew were like super deliberate, you know, homages. Like it wasn't, it wasn't copying. It was, it was absolutely like, paying respects to these movies um and that was really cool i want to talk about the gore because Mm -hmm. i don't know i thought the gore was it was pretty exceptional in this movie without being too much like we're talking about how hostile was too much yeah gore was incredibly cartoony and funny and fun like yeah. it was i mean it was over the top like it was way more than we ever needed but it was silly like you know i, I will say eli roth loves intestines apparently because there were multiple times yeah. Where yeah. We saw silly, like like <laughs> halloween um spirit halloween intestines yeah we might have a couple of 
minor spoilers here, so maybe skip ahead a bit because we want I want to talk about some of the gore in it. My favorite, one of my favorite gore moments <laughs> was someone gets their head dunked in ice water and then pressed up against a freezer on the inside and so like she gets frozen to this like frosty freezer and then gets ripped off and it's like oh my god and then like it's not even it's not even it's not even near the end it's horrible and then there, there's still more murdering to go for this woman. But yeah, there were, there was, there was, you know, there was also like other skin rips. Like there were these really funny, gross moments of, uh-huh. and like really focusing on them. You know what I mean? Like really, he really zoomed in so you could see the, the, the every inch of that skin rip off her face. Oh, um, that was so gross. Which was really fun. Um, <laughs> I, I was having, I had fun with it. It wasn't the kind of gore that makes me, my stomach turn or makes me feel really uh, scared. Yeah. Um, because sometimes there is gore that like I can't handle and it makes me think about it for the rest of my life. But this wasn't <laughs> that. This was like, it was really silly. But, it was but so funny. In a great way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because honestly, like if you're going to really go for these 90s slashers, they're not exactly known for being the most disgusting gory movies absolutely you know yeah they're a little bit more whodunit um yes a little bit, energy. yeah a little more like just stabby not so tortury but yeah um i i will say like it was definitely eli roth's take on a 90s horror which i was okay with i, I was super fine with the uh it was like every murder was drew barrymore you know <laughs> every murder was that intense first kind murder. Of, yes yeah another moment that was really great was um they used I don't know what they're called, but those those like spikes that you put into the into the ears of corn so you can eat the corn, yeah. and they used that quite literally. And someone got them pressed into her ears. Into yeah, her ear I, I thought it was going to go into. We we took a bet. I was like, it's going to go into someone's eyes, and you were like, no, I it's going to be literal sure into the ears, the ears which How makes more sense. I guess I thought it was going to be grosser because I don't know, whatever. I I thought they were like motioning to eyes. I think ears is pretty gross. It's disgusting. Oh, it's hor it's horrible. But yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, any gore moments that stood out to you? Um, yeah, you know, I always have a thing about burning, and somebody does get kind of burnt in this movie. Kind of. She gets fully burnt. She gets cooked, let's just say. Yeah. Um, uh, get, so that, that's a little hard for me. It wasn't as bad as I thought. I was like, oh, no, this is going to fucking tip me over. But it was okay. It was um, bad, though. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. I wasn't happy about it. Um <laughs> <laughs> can't say i like thought about it forever um but i i loved the trampoline scene which i know is a scene that everyone's like talking about and it's the scene to me it was it was was so fun just to watch a a woman get stabbed through a trampoline it was great what i want the original thanksgiving trailer from like 20 years ago yeah the knife went up oh i'm glad it didn't go up her vagina that would have ruined it for me it didn't it wasn't like that this time not to not to spoiler it it but not as not as sexist as that it doesn't like where does it go penetrate her i think it goes on just on her backs and stuff it, like it like hits her and then she like falls down and then she, she just like stabs through it as she like bounces oh, okay yeah they did uh he, he he made a good update for that i would say yeah 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 and, and i thought that it became just like fun and i also like yeah so that was sort of just like a fun kill I sometimes don't watch and I get grossed out. Yeah, he okay, often Josh will take me to these horror movies and then force me to watch the parts that he's too afraid to watch. He covers his eyes and He'll never believe you. He does the whole thing. Who are they and then he'll be like, you? "What um, happened?" And I have to tell him the whole. No, it just happened. I was like, "So where did she get stabbed?" I wasn't watching. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
They will never believe you, Jules. Well, now you know. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. If you don't oh, no, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I would say this movie was funny. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, the term horror comedy is a pretty dirty term yeah. and a lot of people like it a lot. Mm-hmm. And historically speaking, horror comedies don't make money. Mm. How do you sell it? I would say that this wasn't a horror comedy, that this was a horror movie with comedic undertones. How do you feel? Ooh, that's, that sounds more douchey to me. But yes, I agree. I think this was a horror movie through and through, but I think it was like a, a slasher movie, which I think when slasher movies are done well, they have comedy in them. And so I, I think that's what this was. It was like a well done slasher movie. So it was silly. It was campy. Not it was so all true things. about all slasher movies. Um, maybe you're right. Like the first Halloween wasn't scary. I mean, wasn't wasn't no. funny. I know you did that summer. I had no sense of humor. Oh, see, I uh, I guess we're laughing at it. We're not laughing with it. Only Scream has a sense of humor. I don't know. I guess. Um, Urban Legend did. Yeah, Final Destination does. I don't call that a slasher. Really, God's the killer. He's the slasher. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> but. <laughs> Or is death the killer of the slasher? No, death is like... Man, or is Satan know. the killer of the slasher? Because no, 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 it's not Satan, it's God. Well, all three of them do come to play. Anyways, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think it was only Scream, because Scream kind of was like a satire. Hmm, I guess you're right. I guess when I think of watching slasher movies, I think I'm, I'm usually laughing. I'm usually having a good time, but I guess I'm laughing at them. I'm not necessarily laughing with them, which I think you're right. In this movie, we're more laughing with it. Yeah. Like we would with a scream, um, yeah. but like even like you know sleepaway camps or Friday the Thirteenth, like I'm laughing, but you're right, I'm not laughing. But they weren't laughing. At you're right. Time. You're right. You're right. You're right. They were so scared of Angela. Right. Oh. Oh. I know. Poor Angela. Poor Angela. We gotta get you watching those sequels. Yeah, I should watch them. I can't believe they made more. Oh I yeah, can't that movie did well enough to make more. It hasn't been like a like a big budget reboot. Oh, because it's so transphobic. What are they going to do? Well, that's the thing. You could you could make it, it. Of course, you 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 update it. But then why would she you be killing if she wasn't it. trans? <laughs> you find there's so many things that you could do with that. I, obviously, you'd make that. the lead trans, right? Like, oh right, like the the person. Yeah, like, and then like the driver. Like, oh, trans. did you hear yeah. that there was like. A, a, a chick with a dick that like went off on a killing uh-huh. spree and she's like no I'm trans don't say that Busting, yeah. and then like a trans amorous person is the killer or something you know there there you go there you, you wrote go. it oh my god yeah can trans, I be one of the people amorous. that get killed in it trans amorous productions trans amorous <laughs> <laughs> I want to be I want the the curling iron to go up my vagina um no. that's my movie right yeah 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 okay um so Jules. Yeah. Final thoughts. I I, I liked it a lot. <laughs> I liked it even more on reflection. So okay. when I first watched it I was like 3.5 out of 5. It was fun. On reflection I'm at a 4. I think it's a great movie. I really want to watch it again. Um I think it's it it really knows what it's doing. Of course there are really corny moments. There are like Addison Ray, like we said, you know, oofa boofa. Mm-hmm. Um, even, uh, you know, yeah, whatever. It's fine. The acting is whatever. But uh, the direction, again, is like campy and silly. There's lots of like weird puns, but I think those are all deliberate, which made me mm-hmm. into it. I'm into it. I like it. Watch it. <laughs> and so the star rating officially is it's four, four out of five. Four out of five. What do you feel? Um, I love it. I think it's 
maybe the first of its kind mm-hmm. that I have seen really successfully evoke and reestablish that 90s slasher vibe. Yeah. And I didn't even know what was possible to do. And I think maybe we needed this much distance from that stuff to be able to do it right with someone that was really passionate about that genre to get it right, but not someone that was going to be too precious. And I think with Eli Roth, you kind of got a perfect Mm -hmm. hybrid of someone who probably at the time was like a little bit too cool for school when it came to slasher movies, but like definitely saw all of them. Right. And yeah, I think the, this team really knocked it out of the park. I loved it. It was disgusting. It was funny. I was scared sometimes. Like, they really got the tropes down right. Like, I loved these kids, um, even though they're not great. Like, I really hope if we get a sequel that it's not a new group, that, like, we get these these girlies back in act. Um, <laughs> but, you know. Uh, you know, it's not it's not perfect, but, like, if it was, it wouldn't be doing its job right. So yeah. easily a four out of five for me. It was like so simple that it's like complicated and I really appreciate it. And anyone that's a fan of 90s horror slashers, Scream, I know we did last summer, all of that, this is mandatory viewing for sure. I agree. So, Absolutely. Yeah. God, I loved it, Jules. Yeah, no, it was. It, it absolutely is mandatory viewing. It is such a great party movie too. I really recommend. You know, this is like a once a year kind of movie. You know, oh, yeah, um, for sure. Rent it with friends, have a couple drinks or tokes or whatever you want to do, or be sober, whatever. Just have a couple snacks, um, and and watch this and be. And it's it's just it's a good time. Just a good time. Now, Jules, since this is probably the last time we're going to hear from you this year. Wow. I, I know. I'm just kidding. I know. Well, we'll see what happens. You know what? I could be wrong. Um, I'm just wondering, what were some of your favorite horror movies this year? If you'd like, I could run through, you know, what's kind of come out. Well, I uh, off the top of my head, I loved Talk to Me. Mm-hmm, I me really too. loved that movie. Um it it really hit for me all those places you know with trauma and mental health and all those different things so that movie was really great i loved this movie um this is really fun yeah can you remind me of some other ones that maybe i've seen sorry, 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 sorry. megan came out this year that was fun, that was fun. A, the new scream i didn't i haven't seen the new scream i'm a bad the person the new evil dead i did see that that was fun too yeah you know what are you gonna do? Yeah, I, you know what? I'm gonna say talk to me and uh, and this Thanksgiving are my are my standouts. I liked the other ones. Listen, I liked Evil Dead Rise. Oh, I, you saw I Cobweb. Liked... Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've Not... seen. Yeah, they're all. They're you know, these are good. They're good. What am, what am I doing here right now? They're fine. They're good. Um, the Pope's Exorcist. Oh, that was. Uh, we did People see that. We saw that, that in movie. theaters. People fucking loved it. No, they don't. They they say they do. They literally did it on how did this get how did this get made. Yeah, That's how it's, bad it is. People say it's like it's campy and fun. What? No, I know. I know. But I'm telling you, people, this is what they're that they're saying. Oh, don't don't forget that I forced you to see Dracula on a boat. Oh, Dracula on a boat. Jules will see anything with me. She's pretty good about that. I am. And then I brought her to see Last Voyage of the Demeter and what oh. happened. Oh, I told him he was on like he was on probation for making me watch movies because I normally don't even look into them. I'm just like, sure, whatever, let's go. He'll say I want to see a movie because you know he does all this stuff. He, he writes these great articles, so I, I'm 
I'm just fine. I'm just game to go with him. And that was like, oh, I now have to research what you're <laughs> you're bringing me to. The trust has been broken because that was yeah. real hard for me. Um, I didn't like that one very much either. But people no. like that one too. So you know what? There's something for everyone. Well, hey, listen, I'm not. Maybe I'm wrong, but that movie was really boring. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Well, Jules, we love having you. And, you know, if people want to find you online, how can they do that? I mean, they can find me at Jules Rules Your World, underscores in between all of them. That's my personal account. Or Trivial Bitch, because I also host trivia. Um, but, yeah, I'm not that interesting. <laughs> I think that you are. Thank um, you. Thanks for having and me. And I'm hoping that we make this more of a thing. You know, listen... Yeah. To this twice, show me that you want more review episodes. I've heard from some of you out there that you do. And um, maybe we'll we'll make Jules a bit of a tradition. We'll see. I'd love it. I really appreciate doing this. And thanks for listening to me, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Development Hell. If you enjoy this podcast, then please do us a major favor of leaving us five stars and writing a positive review. It really makes all the difference in the world. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode of Development Hell. Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network.